so great to be able to be here uh, to worship God together, to sing out His praises, uh, to hear His Word, and to, um, to seek to worship Him together. And so uh, we're glad that you've um, made the effort to come this morning to be part of that. Now, the, uh, the title of uh, this part of our series this morning is We Are Family. Now, I know that some of you, when you saw this come across the screen, wanted to burst out in, in song and started singing, We Are Family, uh, but try to refrain uh, and hold back uh, yourself a little bit. What we're going to talk about is that this is part three of our series on vision direction. We've talked about worship and we've talked about ministries, and today we want to focus more on family. We want to talk about um, who is part of this family, uh, what exactly makes us family and how important is that that we work together and so uh, we're going to um, begin by reading a passage from John John's gospel chapter 15 John chapter 15 beginning verse 1 says this I am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for the strength and the hope and the life that we have in you. Thank you, Lord, for opportunities to open your word together and to study it together as your church family. Help us, Lord, to be attentive to your spirit's guidance in our hearts. Speak to us, Lord, challenge us, lead us in your way, and give us the boldness of faith to follow you together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I want you to try to think about your own biological family for a moment. Okay? Now, think about all it means, whether that be mother, father, brothers, sisters, cousins, second cousins, twice removed, or whatever they are down your, your family line. And I want you to also try to think about maybe the family that you were uh, married into or uh, that, that you, you live with. Now, don't get me wrong, but wouldn't it be nice when you think about that family list, whether it be your biological list or the one you are, you're married into or you're living with, wouldn't it be nice to be able to select who is in and who is not in that family sometimes? Now, I love my family, and, and I'm blessed to be married into an amazing family. Right, Lindy? Um, we are um, really blessed, doubly blessed, I mean. But sometimes we can get embarrassed by our family, or we just wish from time to time that we didn't have to claim uh, some of them as our relatives. Now, I'm not just talking about, you know, sometimes uh, parents embarrass kids. I embarrass my kids all the time. In fact, sometimes I enjoy doing it. But uh, I remember uh, my dad used to uh, be preaching in, in church, and before he would get uh, up to preach, in, in those days in a lot of the churches in, in the States, uh, they would have uh, a seat back here, uh, almost like a throne, you know, the kind of seat back here for the pastor to sit in. Sometimes there was a seat for the music minister to sit in and, the, and then the pastor, and so you kind of knew who was going to speak, whatever, by the, the chair they're sitting in. And Dad was always sitting in this uh, 
chair uh, waiting to preach. And um, as he was sitting there, Dad would always cross his leg over the other. Now, which is nothing wrong with that, I guess, except for Dad's pants were always too short. And every time he did that, his pants would go about halfway up his leg. Yeah? And um, it would show how, how wide his legs were. And, uh, you know, he had, I guess at least he had matching socks on, but he had uh, the socks, and I thought, Oh, come on, just put your leg down. Like, you know, whatever. It was so embarrassing as, as kids. Now, I, I've never really wished that my dad wasn't part of my family or anything because of that. But uh, sometimes we can get a bit embarrassed with our family. And sometimes there, there may be someone in your family line somewhere or family that you're part of now that you just clash with sometimes. Or personality-wise or little characteristics or, or things that they do, you just go, oh, I wish I didn't have to say, yep, he's part of my family, or she's part of my family, uh, whatever that is. Well, the church can sometimes be a lot like that, in that we're all very different people. We have different personalities. Uh, people have experienced different things which, which have shaped them and, and shape us. People are gifted in different ways, and yet we're all called together to be God's family. And so we have to Look some at, at what that means. In our reading today from John 15, it's a great passage, a very famous passage from uh, the words of Jesus talking about the vine and the branches. Jesus is saying, He is the vine, we are the branches. God is the gardener who, who prunes and shapes us uh, into how to get the best uh, for our life. And the He, Jesus, is the source of all of our strength, all of our sustenance, all of our life. If we are disconnected and from each other or we're disconnected from Christ, we die and we, we suffer. We are family and we, we need each other. We are called to work together as one despite our differences, despite the fact that sometimes uh, we might not get along or we might not like all the idiosyncrasies that make us us. The Apostle Paul writes, in the book of Galatians, Galatians 25 to 28, he puts it this way. It says, You have now arrived at your destination. By faith in Christ, you're in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe, Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew or non-Jew, slave or free, male or female. Among us, you're all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Anyone who's a follower of Jesus in is part of the family, whether we like it or not. God has accepted us uh, each and, and has drawn us in as his sons and his daughters, as his family. One of the common practices, uh, again, in, in some of the churches when I was growing up in, uh, in the Bible Belt in America, is uh, to refer to, uh, to one another as brother and sister. Now, uh, some of you may think that's a bit odd. Um, in fact, it probably is a bit odd, but we did that all the time. And uh, no one would call me Mike in church. It would be Brother Mike. Now Brother Mike's going to come and speak to us. And now we're going to 
hear from Sister Sandy. She's going to come give us announcements. Now back to Brother Mike. Then Sister Jan's going to lead us. And you think, well, that sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? Little toddles gone before. But it is born out of this recognition that we're all family. That whether we always agree or not, whether we are the same or not, we are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, children of God, meant to serve together. For in Christ there is no distinction between male or female, Jew or non-Jew. We are all followers of Christ, and He has blessed us each to be part of His family. Anyone who is that follower of Christ is part of our family. We don't get to choose. God has chosen us, and He is, by His grace, He has made His grace available. Uh, by His mercy, He has made His grace available to any who will choose Him. We don't get to choose uh, who will be part of our biological family, really, but we also can't choose who's part of the, the, the church family. Any follower of Jesus can be part of that family. And just like we can't choose who's to be part of the family, we also can't choose which level of involvement they are to take. Now, some families are very close. Some families talk every single day. Every part of the family talk every single day. Some families are, are integrally involved in people's lives, in, in one another's lives, all the time. That's just, that's how they like it. Now, some of you think, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. I need my space. Uh, but some families, that's what they want. That's what they crave. They need that sort of closeness. Some families are quite distant by, uh, by these close families' standards, but yet they're still connected. Some are, are distant, but all need to be loved and to know that they are family. Now, Lindy comes from quite a, um, a close family in that they talk not every day. It's not like her, uh, my in-laws are up here every day on the coast or anything like that. Um, they allow us our, um, our space and all that, but they, um, they talk regularly. Lindy's down in Sydney visiting with them, or they're up the coast uh, visiting with us, and that's wonderful. And we've always enjoyed that sort of relationship with family. My family are probably the opposite of that, in that... Uh, my brother and my sister um, each live only a few minutes away from my mom and dad, and they don't visit very often. In fact, sometimes for months and months and months at a time. And yet, when they do visit, it's kind of like they've never left, like there's a connection there. Um, when I first moved to Australia, I was, um, you know, Lindy's like, oh, do you want to call your mom and dad? I'm like, eh, not really. Huh. Huh. Why? Why? I want to do that. She goes, when's the last time you spoke to your brother? I don't know. I don't know. And if you look at our Facebook messages, I probably don't have a single one from my brother. In fact, the last time uh, I've, yeah, the last time I've had a good conversation with my brother, where I say always we talk for an hour or so, was the last time we were in, in America, which was almost a couple years ago. Yeah, this is sounding worse and worse, isn't it? But... I'll try to redeem a little bit and say, when we get together, it's like we've never left. When I talk to, to Chris, my brother, I still do know his name at least, when, when I talk with Chris, it's like we've been hanging out every single day. 
If we actually hung out every day, we'd probably just annoy each other. I don't know. We probably each need our space, and that's fine. Now, to Lindy at first, she just goes, that's weird. That's not healthy. That's not right. You should be more connected with your family. And when I first came into the family, I thought, your family are just around too much. This is weird. This is not right. Now, we, I love her family, and she loves my family, but we're very different. And what we had to recognize in all of that is that we're all family. And we're all connected, although we're, we're different, and we do things completely different ways. We need different things. We're family. The Joneses and Jacksons are all of our life now are connected. We're family. Some are different, but we all need to know that we're loved and that we're part of the family. Now, traditionally, a way to kind of look at the church family is they'll say, oh, if you come along to one of our worship services, then you're part of the family. We often just think traditionally that if you're coming and you're worshiping with us on a Sunday morning or Sunday night, whatever that is, if you're part of our kind of worship times, then you're part of the church. You say, oh, yeah, they go to lakes. If you come along to one of the the ministries or connect groups or whatever that is, we might say, oh, I just wish we could get them to be part of the family. I wish we could get them to come in and to, uh, to be part of the church. If you aren't coming to church or, or any of the ministries, uh, then you're, you're kind of not part of the family. And we, we often don't think of it as you're part of Lakes. You're part of our, our family. Now, the problem with this sort of way of thinking, which again is a historical way, it's a traditional way that we've kind of viewed uh, the, the church family. The problem with that is that there's a lot of things wrong with that. Uh, I guess uh, these sort of ideas of what the church is, if we want to be a church, that follow what the Bible says. Galatians, as I said, uh, for Galatians says we are, any followers of Jesus are part of the family of God. There's no male or female, in or out sort of thing. Uh, we are all part of the family. Again, the Apostle Paul says in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 to 17, he says, anyone who receives the Holy Spirit of God are children of God. Anyone. Not whether they come on a Sunday morning or not. Not whether they are actively part of uh, a roster in the church or they're serving in that way. But any follower of Jesus, those who receive the Spirit of God, are family. We're family. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, those who follow God, He is their Father. We are His children. We're sons and daughters of God. We're heirs, co-heirs with Christ. And so what does that mean for us as a church? It simply means if you're a follower of Jesus, you're part of the family. Not just those who attend uh, Sunday morning. Not just those who give uh, financially to support the work of the church or they give of their time to support the, the work of the church. It means those who are part of our ministries, our family. Those who are connected with Jesus and followers of Jesus, they're, they're families. Those out in our community who are followers of Jesus are family. And we have to broaden our horizons, so to speak, I guess, to, to recognize who's really part of the family of God. It's not just each of you. Now, I love you guys. 
I'm happy if you guys are part of the family, but I'm also glad that's not all of our family. Our family extends to followers of Jesus in our different ministries. It, it extends to followers of Jesus out in our community. So family involves all of those who trust in Jesus. And what makes us family? It's not that we attend church together. It's not that we attend these ministries or anything together. What makes us family is because God has accepted each of us. Ephesians 2, 4 says, Because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. Isn't that beautiful? It's not because of anything we've done. While we were dead in our transgressions, God made us alive in Him because of His mercy. We are saved through faith in Him by grace. We are free because of Jesus. We are family because of Jesus. We are to be faithful to Him because of Jesus. That's what makes us family. God's redemptive grace in us. And so... We want to see how how important is it that we work together. It's important that families learn to work together, learn to recognize who's part of the family and accept them and love them. Familiar passage in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 24 to 27 says this, God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to those parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part of it suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you, as believers in Jesus, are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. Now, I would not consider myself a highly intelligent uh, person. I don't know a lot about anything, really, I guess, except for the fact that you know, I love Jesus, and I want other people to love Jesus. Jesus has changed my life, and I, I want people to experience that love and grace and mercy. But I, as a, an uneducated person in anatomy and physiology and all those kind of things, I am fascinated with the body. I'm fascinated with, with how things are so intricately connected. And I look at, if I see the, the human body and how we work, just how we do what we do, somehow when my brain says, Move your arm, my arm moves. I, I don't know how. People go, how does that work? No clue. God is amazing. Somehow if we have a cut on our hand, in a few days, it's not there anymore. Because it has completely healed itself. God is amazing God. And I remember in high school trying to study some anatomy and physiology and we're, we're dissecting different um, animals and different things. And I thought, this is amazing. It's amazing how we are put together. Each thing affects the others. The way we, each part works together. The, the obvious parts, like the skin and the eyes, the hair for some of you, not me, but um, even the, these things are, are intricately connected with those kind of behind-the-scenes parts of the body that make it all work. Each part of the body affects the others. Now today, for example, I have a man cold. Now, ladies, you may laugh, but you will never fully understand the difficulty of a man cold. 
a tiny, a tiny bit of congestion can lead to blocked ears and headache, sore throat, sore chest, cough, loss of voice. And for the list of guys, it just goes on and on and on. And the same is true in the body of Christ. One part suffers, the whole of us as the body of Christ, the church of God, the family of God, suffers. We have to care for one another. We have to... Even the parts, not just the parts that are obvious, the parts that are here on the Sunday morning or the parts that are actively serving in our church through the week or whatever that is, not just the parts that may draw attention or are obvious to everyone, but... Every intricate part of the body is important. Every intricate part of the family is important. And we are to love each other, to build each other up toward good health. Let me say it again. As a church family, we are to love one another and build one another up toward good health. Good physical health, emotional health, psychological health, and health and spiritual health. We're to love one another to better health. So often, as a church family, we, we, just, we see the differences in one another. We just go, that's just weird. The way they do that or, or who they are, I, I'll never understand that and I can't relate to that. And we, we see what we think is wrong or what we don't think is right and we allow that to divide us. And yet the scripture says, God has made us one in Christ Jesus by his grace and his mercy. Therefore, there should be no division among you. Because you are each gifted in different ways. You have each been given experiences in different ways that have helped mold you and shape you. And you are each an intricate part of the family of God, of the body of Christ. We are each connected to Jesus. He is the vine and we are the branches. We need each other. We have to build each other up toward good health. We're family. And we have to treat each other like family. Love one another. Care for one another. Accept one another. Those who attend our worship times, those who don't, those who are part of our different ministries and services, those who aren't. Other churches around in our area, there are Christians in every church around. We need to support one another, encourage one another, not work against one another. We're to love, accept, and build up any follower of Jesus. We're family. And as a church, we want to be a church that seeks to follow God's word together. Then we have to try to live out that sense of family, live out that sense that we are one in Christ Jesus. And think about, is there anything that's dividing us? Is there anything that separates us? I don't know about your family situation. In my family, I have not always gotten what I want. Things have not always worked out the way I hoped they would. Maybe someone's done something differently. Someone has a different choice than I do. We have to choose to love. And in each of the situations, they may seem big or they may seem small. We have a choice. 
whether we can allow that situation or that circumstance or whatever it is, that decision, divide us or whether we can show grace, we can show mercy, and we can allow it just to keep uniting us and say, God, give us strength to work together. God, help us to make decisions together. Help us to work together. Help us to function together as your body, as your family. Some days you may be saying, Lord, give us strength. And sometimes you may be going, Lord, give me strength. This is hard. But each day we have a choice whether to keep loving each other, to keep showing grace and mercy, whether to allow our words be words that will build one another up or tear each other apart. We're family. And scripturally, we're called to love each other in that way. Let's just pray. Dear God, I thank you and I praise you for your precious family. Sons and daughters of the Most High God, who you call to work together in this place, in this time, in this season, in our communities, to share your love and grace and mercy with others. Lord, help us to love one another as you love us. For you never treat us as we are meant to be treated, as we deserve to be treated. But you show us mercy and grace every single day, over and over and over. You encourage us. You pick us back up. You put us back on the right path. You lead us with grace. Lord, help us to love one another in that way. May we recognize our differences and be intentional about not allowing that to divide us. Help us look for ways every day to build one another up, to encourage one another, to support and to love one another as family. Be honored and glorified, Lord, through us as your church, as your family. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.